0: The number one question I get from our clients, because many of them are B2B as well, is live video. How could that possibly be something that you could market a brand on? These are the folks that are gonna tell you. This is my friend Vincenzo Landino.
1: You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on our brand boost podcast, powered by Zoom.
0: Welcome guys. Thanks for hanging out here uh, and learning a little bit about live video. I know it says Periscope, just gonna say this really quick. You all know that the industry moves very, very quickly. So Periscope, we're going to talk a lot about live video because these brands have really shifted and you'll see how they're doing cool things. But uh, I'm Vincenzo Landino, creative director at 52 Creative uh, Digital Ad Agency. Joining me far right over there wearing the exact same shirt I am. Um, we went to high school together. I didn't think we were like that close, dude. Uh Artie Beavis is the global head of Atmel, which is a microchip company. Uh he's a global head of social and content marketing at Atmel. Uh and he's a huge Jesse and the Rippers fan. So for anyone that knows Full House, he actually had forever at his wedding. Yeah, Like it was his song. Uh, Mike Delgado is like experience. So you guys know like credit scores and all that cool stuff. He's a senior manager of social and PR at Experian uh, and also teaches social media at the University of Cal. So he's a smart guy. <laughs> and then Ursula Ringham, the, uh, the beauty of the group here she's the director of digital marketing at sap most of you don't know who what sap is so she's also going to tell us that too uh she's a thriller novelist and an avid skier so she's got some other fun things about her and then adam rucker Hi. southwest airlines how many of you su- flew southwest to get here i want to know oh
2: thank <laughs> look <you>. at
0: that <laughs> hope we had a great flight. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us if you did <laughs> He's a commercial communication specialist at Southwest, and Adam is also an internet personality, so you can check him out on YouTube. I actually watched some of his videos before this, and I was very hysterical. Uh, but this is going to be more of a conversation, so I'm going to sit down. We're going to talk a little bit here, and and then we'll have some questions later. All right, Artie. Oh, okay. I'm going to start with you, because right. <laughs> Atmel, talk to us about microchips, and tell us how live video... Well, tell us, first of all, why live video? Well, first and foremost, I
2: probably want to pose the question. How many of you out there know what a microcontroller or a semiconductor is? So that was exactly the (laughs) challenge that we had. Um, You know, I was a sports management guy. I was not in technology whatsoever. Um, And I was very fortunate that an opportunity had come along to going to an industry that I knew that I could shake things up and try new things and kind of be a disruptor. Um, So we were very fortunate as well that At the time, Atmel, um, we are a microcontroller that powers what they call the Arduino board. Um, Between with the maker movement, which is a, it's a giant community that's facilitating do-it-yourselfers, hobbyists, engineers to go and make things using a lot of Atmel technology. Um, And when I got a grasp of that, I was like, you know, the potential to build a community and to try out new things was so raw and so, the opportunity was so vast Um, So when this happened, um, we came along and said, you know what, let's do something totally different and create a media company that sells semiconductors instead of being a semiconductor company that just pushes out press releases and everything else in the mundane industry. Um, And this was at the time that live streaming, you know, it was just taking shape. People are like, what is this? Uh, We were fortunate that our blog and our community had risen overnight and embracing that media mentality, live broadcasting to a community was a no brainer. Um, and I'll share a little bit more about how we went about that uh, later in the panel. So that's just kind of, you know, the backbone as to how we, what we are and how we kind of embraced the,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, it's super boring stuff when you think about super boring. it, but, <laughs> but you guys are able to build a community. And the really cool thing is that building a community and empowering the community to do more and to share with each other through live video was something that, because makers are all over the world, it's not like concentrated in certain pockets So you guys really it's become we we were thinking of it as almost like a virtual show and tell. So the idea of
2: the maker movement is to come together, share your ideas and collaborate. And that is just in sync with the whole live stream engagement, building a community Um, In doing that. You know, people would build a we would give somebody access to our account. They would build a project. They would open up, you know, the forum, get some feedback. They would ask questions. How can you know my fellow community support me? And it just became this giant virtual show and tell, and uh, that it you know bode extremely
0: well for us. So on the complete flip end, Artie has. There's no cadence there. Thanks for the word earlier. Um, (laughs) There's no cadence with what they do. But then Mike with SAP uh, with Experian. Mm You guys do a show regularly Monday through Friday using Periscope. Has anyone seen experience personal finance show? Okay. One person, (laughs) Brian figures. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to do a live show and how that's bringing the community together or, or, you know, really empowering your consumer.
3: Yeah. I think to Artie's point about building community, I think that with live video, it's been just a powerful platform. Um, We started doing similar to Brian, about four years ago, tweet chats and really got into just having great discussions, meeting tons of awesome people through Twitter chats. And we ended up starting our own Twitter chat called credit chat about three and a half years ago, every single Wednesday at 3 PM Eastern, we're gonna talk about credit, personal finance topics, things that really matter to all of us. And about three years ago, this is when Google plus hangouts on air started. Does everybody remember Google plus hangouts on air? Anybody ever done that before? Like great platform, mm-hmm. Um, we started streaming every single Wednesday through there, and kind of getting our feet wet with live streaming. And I found it to be just very, very powerful to be able to be able to have live discussions. And you have a nice video to share out afterward, right? Well, then along comes Meerkat and Periscope a year ago, and that really changed the game because now I thought Google Plus Hangouts on Air, in my in my experience, was more of a passive experience, like viewers would watch it, but there wasn't that much engagement habit happening within Hangouts on Air. Uh, that's why we left the discussion on Twitter. But once Meerkat and, and Periscope launched, viewers began just engaging right there on the on the screen. So when Meerkat and Periscope launched, like I wasn't sure which platform to really go with. So we were streaming both. We'd have Periscope and Meerkat, two phones lined up together, and we'd just stream. And we're like, okay, let's just figure out which platform is going to be the best to serve our community. After about a month of testing, we found that Periscope mm-hmm. was definitely where our community was leaning towards. So we started just streaming every single day. I think we'll get to this, but yeah. consistency I think is really key to building community. So we were like every single day at two 30 Eastern, we're going to be on Periscope. And then every Wednesday we're on Blab, Periscope and Twitter.
0: Adam, why does Southwest even use Periscope for what? what's the purpose?
4: Oh boy. Um, we're still figuring that out. And I think it's okay to say um, we're using Periscope. We, we did Meerkat too for a little bit. We actually had a, when it was still yet to be determined, which would win out on social media day, we had a meerkat versus periscope challenge and I was assigned meerkat. Thank you so much. Um, did not win, but um, then that, that's okay. It's, we, we use everything as an experiment and we're, we're figuring out um, what works best where, and even, you know, we, we have so we have three cases. Do you see? I have notes up here. I, I see your notes. It's very my notes. analog because <laughs> you know a lot of people. I know. Look at this. We're all analog. A lot of people out here they want something that they can write down and then they can take back to, write to their boss and they can say, "I learned this." That's why I have you here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Thank you. That's the reason why you're here. <laughs> so we've been experimenting and we've been doing it for what a few months now, and so nothing was really set out to begin with. We didn't all sit down and say we're going to do live streaming. Let's come up with three topics to do we just did them and then we arranged them into topics but, okay afterwards. so there's a
0: lot to be said about
4: that because yep. a, a lot of questions that
0: i've gotten I've, I've worked with a lot of brands personally applebee's barilla pasta to name two that are my favorites
4: name dropper
0: yeah whatever <laughs> I, I don't care I learned from the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm at least I'm not wearing a hey, southwest shirt. Someone
4: told me we were supposed to wear our company polos, and then I show up. You two are matching. She's got a dress on. I was like, thanks a lot, guys. I All right. Even know what I was do you want me to say anymore. the three categories? I do. Give them something to, okay. to take home. All right. So the three categories that we've that we've kind of separated out into right now, so and y'all could probably arrange these for your Brands too. So the first is to go behind the curtain, right? So you're take, what is live do? Well, what is live video allowing you that YouTube or something else wouldn't before? So it's going behind the curtain of something they otherwise wouldn't have seen. And you guys did something recently, right? Yeah. So we, um, well, in in one instance, anyone heard of a storm called Jonas? Anyone? <laughs> he was a not cool guy. Um, and you know, in the past, if we had to set up a video crew and we had to get a lighting rig. And, you know, there was this expectation of professional video that it looks really, really good. And if we were going to do that and get our employees ready to broadcast about how we're handling this storm, it would probably take way too long, a lot longer, more effort than it's but worth. You wouldn't be able to respond fast enough. Right. So we took storm Jonas and we went to our NOC, which is our network operations control. And with live video, we could just do it right then. And we could just broadcast live while the storm's happening, while there's hundreds of delays around the country. You know, we took, an op- we took a situation that was not positive for us, which is a ton of flight delays and cancellations because of a storm. But we got these answers to customers while they're sitting at the airport. So they're sitting at the airport watching us and sit, asking, how are you making this decision to reroute these planes? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? And that's something we never could have done before live video. And you able, you actually answered them correct. You were yeah. able to give well, them yeah, answers. The idea. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. Sometimes some brands. Some brands <laughs> no, no. Shot we had, away. But that's, that's part of the deal is you have to have the resources then set up to that's to right. do that. So we had the employees there. We had the meteorologists. We had the, um, the, the 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 employees who make those decisions who otherwise would not be on camera have nothing to do with our
0: social team. So you took this very seriously. I mean, just because you're broadcasting from your phone, I mean, everyone in here can be a broadcast. There's no live streaming allowed. I'm just saying if there was, <laughs> if there was, could all be broadcasters. Yeah. Um, but it was serious for Southwest. So that, I mean, that's, that goes to show how powerful this is to reach people where they are in their pockets. Now I want to switch gears a little bit more to SAP. Now, first of all, what is SAP?
1: Does anyone know what SAP is?
0: Besides Brian Fanzo? A
1: lot of, <laughs> a lot of hands out there. So the, um, it's an acronym, The S does not stand for sexy. It's uh, software applications and products. It's a (laughs) software applications and products. Um, It's a company that's been around for a while, 40 plus years, German company. Um, It's basically our mission statement is we help the companies, we help the world run better and improve people's lives. So we're kind of the underpinnings of a lot of businesses with ERP, um, inventory management, all this stuff. For me, SAP is this huge, large enterprise that a lot of small businesses don't even consider SAP um, as an option for them. So three years ago, um, my management came to me and said, hey, we've got this social account for the small business side. Do you want to run that? And I said, sure, I'll try it. And so part of what I do is try to build awareness with the small business audience that we actually do have products um, that that they can use. And it's interesting because we'll have competitors like NetSuite and Microsoft and Sage and Workforce, and that audience thinks that those are the only products. Yet SAP, we have a whole product portfolio for the small business. So I kind of have an uphill battle, but then I'm a small entity within a large company, so I can kind of do a lot of cool things.
0: Well, why don't you tell us one of those cool things that happened, I don't know, during one of the biggest television (laughs) events of the year.
1: So I'll back up to a year ago. So I came to Social Media Marketing World. Um, you know, I'd been managing our social account for two years and Periscope launched and Cat was out. And I saw this guy with, you know, a baseball hat turned backwards and he's live streaming with his friend Carlos. I'm like, what the heck are these guys doing? And it was Brian Fanzo. And i had been following him and I've been following Dan Newman, another uh, great social influencer for some time. But then I got to meet with him and I started following Um, What they were doing with live video streaming. And at the time, they were on Google Hangouts, and then they eventually went over to Blab. So Blab was just starting and they were doing Periscope. So I started watching all of this. And um, back in September, our company in Palo Alto had a kickoff event for a little um, thing called the Super Bowl. Who's Hubert? Super Bowl. Who's heard of the Super Bowl, right? Have you ever been to the Super Bowl? <laughs> so, as I'm sitting in the audience, and I just started working, uh, we sponsor a show that Brian's on uh, called Cloud Talk, and I put two two together, and I said we should be doing some live streaming. So I went directly to our head of um, content and sponsorship for social media, and he was like, "Yeah, I think we're going to do maybe some Periscope. I, I'm not quite sure what." And I said, "I've got actually a bigger idea. Why don't we bring in some of our collaborative partners?" Um, what SAP we have, um, like for large enterprise, so this is not just for SME, you work with these partners to implement the products, because it's it's a big undertaking. And I said, why don't we work with them to collaborate? So let's bring in IBM, because we do work with them. Let's bring in Capgemini. Let's bring in Deloitte. And why don't we announce to the world how we're collaborative leaders uh, to help companies digitally transform? And so uh, the head of our social media said, I love it, but I don't have budget. So if you can find budget, you can do this. And basically I went out to our partners and I can tell people offline exactly what happened, but I was able to come up with budget and I was able to secure the support from my executives that let's go through with this. So we launched um, the week leading up to Super Bowl, something called SB50 Disrupt. It was the um, number one trending hashtag behind SB50 itself. And it was all around the digital transformation of businesses and uh, using live streaming four shows a day, five days in a row. And pretty impressive uh, social stats. And this was all just like, we totally disrupted what we know in marketing and tried something new. And it was a success.
0: Can you tell us those stats?
1: Um, We had over 75 million impressions. Um, I'd say that for the platforms we used with Blab and Periscope and Facebook Live, you know, we had over 9,000 eyeballs on it. But you have to understand, this is SAP. Who knows what SAP is? Um, on one of our blabs, we had 500 people tune in for an hour. And I think that day we had probably 2000 people tuned in. Um, and cause there's things you can do. You can embed the player into a landing site. You can point people there. Um, and 500 people viewing this. And then we had a call to action. So for our partners, I said, create a landing page. What do you want to tell people? So do you have a white paper? Do you have a lead gen component? If people want to learn more about migrating to the cloud, have information set up, they can uh, submit their information. So it kind of opened up everyone's eyes to the power of this, because there's a lot of engagement. People were talking about it.
0: I think collaboration is a big point, too. We've heard a lot about collaboration today. I mean, in general, uh, I know that we talked about collaboration on all types of different platforms, whether it's Periscope or whether it's just Twitter or anything in general, And Artie, I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about collaboration with each, you know, not individual makers, but smaller pockets of communities. How are you collaborating with them or how did you help them using, you know, live video or real-time marketing?
2: Yeah, so I would say as far as the live video goes, um, the engineering industry as a whole Put it this way, live streaming isn't new. Um, the engineering industry has been using webinars and things like that for a long time. So the buy-in and the adoption was relatively you know, seamless um, as far as trying to implement live streaming and trying new channels. Uh, but with this, um, we started broadcasting a bunch of new boards that were coming up, almost like giving sneak peeks as far as what boards are coming to market soon, showing the specs. Nothing sexy about that, but... Unlike just pushing out a press release or holding a webinar where you're just broadcasting to many, live streaming, what it does, especially on Periscope, allows you now to be one with many. So now you're actually engaging with them, and it's a live Q&A, so they could be asking questions about the specs, about the details of your product, whereas, you know, they're not following up in a form or an email afterwards. Uh, So as far as the collaborations go, um, Atmel has a number of partners that we would uh, either you know, do some partnerships with for shows, whether that was having an influencer or uh, some of the leaders of the maker movement showing off certain things. Um, what we called uh, Maker Fair, which is a giant show for the maker community. We had what we called Feriscope, where we partnered with some of uh, the customers of ours, as well as some of the key makers um, and things like that. Um, and even on in the Internet of Things side, we also have a few uh, partners that we partner with as well, where, you know, we do shows, um, we host live Q&As, things like that. So.
0: You mentioned influencers, so that's good because it was the next question I wanted to ask. So this goes for all of you and whoever wants to jump in. How important do you think it is to work with influencers on projects or versus in-house? Because I know Ursula's done a little bit of both. Some of you have done just one or, the, you know, one or the other. I
1: think it depends on the audience you're trying to reach. And you have to be very selective. You don't just go with someone because they have a ton of Twitter followers. It has to be specific to your audience that you're trying to reach.
3: And I'll also add that also, I think, adds credibility when you're, when you're bringing in the right person. So in the credit space, financial space, we'll bring in um, people that are very knowledgeable about finances, we'll bring in financial advisors, we'll bring in um, authors and journalists who may not have huge Twitter reach, but they are highly influential. You know, they're writing for newspapers, they're writing for magazines, and they add a lot of credibility. So I think bringing in influencers that are relevant to your audience and also um, I think that just ends a lot of credibility to your, your piece.
4: Any influencer were to blow your mind. You know who <laughs> our influencers are in live video? You, our own employees. Employees, Yeah, that's right. So you're, are you using employee? employee go ahead. Mine. Because so in the, in, gonna the do a rap for us? in the, uh, I don't do raps, but we do have a rapping flight attendant. Hey, I, um, yeah. So in the in the example I gave earlier, the, the right person for to be doing that talk, the influencer, if you will, would be the meteorologist who's making the decision to reroute planes or move aircraft. Um, if we're using live video for recruiting, that's point number two. Hey, you never got to that second or third. Why flight. you should be a part. Well, you cut me off. And you went <laughs> have to be this over there. Um, no. Uh so that we use we also use it for recruiting, right? So we want uh, at one point a few months ago, we had four hundred open positions for the ramp around the country. So these are the people who load bags, who um move the car I mean, do everything below the, the wing. Um so how do we do that? We did live streaming them doing their job. And so in that case, we talked to the people who do the job that we want people to apply for. And it was great. Those were, those were periscopes. Um, and so I was, I was in the, um, cargo bin, you know, (laughs) like contorted, (laughs) completely like, tell me what it's like to what he wants to know, you know, um, but that's what they wanted. So they were able to ask us those questions live while I'm having bags, you know, flung in my direction. Um, but it was perfect. It was better than me sitting in an office saying, here, come, come work for us and describing what we do and throwing some, uh, B roll or, a you know, a, a glamor shot that we took months before, like we had the people doing the job. We of course talked to them. We gave them some like tips on how to talk to thousands of people at once. But, um, these are just regular guys who were doing their job. We walk up to them and say, Hey, do you want to talk to a few thousand people about, your work and they're like, yeah, sure.
0: I don't want to cut you off again.
4: That was the uh, end of that thought. Do you want me to hold? No, point I'm going to go back to Beavis. point number three. Stay tuned.
0: So <laughs> Artie, you have a little bit of a different scenario with AVR man. They don't know who AVR man is, but there's not many influencers in the space. And, and you know, to say there's someone internal, it's kind of difficult as well. So what did Artie do? Well, he created somebody why don't you tell them about who you created and what that did for you.
2: So, believe it or not, going back to influencers, um, sometimes the best the best influencer is one that you never have to pay, and it goes viral. Uh, we have no budget, so everything that we did at Atmel was organically driven. Um, three years ago, we did what we did on Throwback Thursdays. We would do chippy parodies of '90s hip hop songs with some of our partners, uh, and. One in particular had been Baby Got Back, where instead of, you know, I like big butts, we were talking about 8-bit chips. And <laughs> out of nowhere, Sir mix a himself jumped in with a few lines. Oh, and wow. as soon as that happened, I, it was All Things D and a few others oh. picked it up and it was like, Sir mix a likes big chips and apparently or, <laughs> it went viral. And we didn't pay a dime for that. And Sir mix had become one of our, you know, influencers. Awesome. Uh, but when this had happened, AVR Man was actually as a way to humanize the brand a few years ago, we had a cartoon character that was on a lot of product packaging, things like that. But we decided to take it one step further. You know, why not bring AVR man to life? And it was this throwback Thursday rap that actually had sparked this idea where it kind of stemmed back to Justin Timberlake and SNL, where he did the, bring it on to Omeletteville. And my idea was to, you know what, why don't I dress up in suit and go to our competitors, dance around, you know, just draw a lot of attention. And, You know, it cost a few hundred bucks or whatever it was to create the costume. And uh, a few months later, I had worn it at Maker Faire. I went down to Times Square. I was essentially, I became the voice and the mascot of the company. And eventually I realized that it was a little difficult to do a full time job and be, you know, a superhero. (laughs) So we ended up outsourcing to uh, like a talent agency for a few shows. Um, One especially that comes to mind was CES this past year. Um, given Periscope's capabilities as well as um, AVR Man's reputation that started to build, we were like, you know what, let's just let AVR Man go wild and see what happens with, you know, in Vegas. So um, myself and a few others in the crew, we just followed the live entertainer. And he was, I mean, he went full throttle and it was absolutely hysterical. People were chiming in. What do they want? You know, where do they want AVR Man to go? Where do they want him to see? What do they want him to do? You know, what do they want them to say? So it just became this fully engaged audience. um, And it was like 100% retention rate. So I just couldn't believe that people, you know, sat there for hours just watching AVR man (laughs) dance around and act like, you know, a, a funny guy. And it was just, you know, it was quite remarkable. And again, I think Periscope or any live streaming app for that matter, it's still just a learning curve. And, you know, we try a few, you know, different things. We don't know exactly when the best time to post yet or when to host a stream. And it's things like that we're still trying to figure out. But you. You know, some of the things that happen because of live streaming and the nature of some of these applications are just, you know,
0: well, and, it's, and it's a learning it's process. I mean, I think overall the, the, the theme here is that it's still a learning process. Mm-hmm. It's so new. This is not even a year old. Mike said in his opening keynote this morning that, you know, Meerkat and then Periscope came out and then Facebook Live came out all within what, like eight months of each other. And now there's so many renditions of the three and one's not even around anymore. And now here we are, we're talking about Periscope and Facebook Live is taking over. So there's so many things going on. It's, it's ever changing because I know Adam's going to like hit me if I don't get, let him get to his next point. I want to, for the other three, because I know you've, I know Artie's revealed. You guys have revealed new chips and new products, new boards. I have Mike, Ursula and Adam. What about revealing new products or revealing new services or lights? Patterns.
4: You don't have to make me to talk. (laughs) By the way, you still owe me a couple hundred bucks for making you that AVR man costume. (laughs) Um, So revealing. So we have our product is seats on a plane, right? So it's, it's a little bit difficult to, we don't have like a flashy thing that you can go buy in a store. We have destinations, we have uh, places to go and experiences to be had. So we have to kind of make um, reveals out of things that we are innovations or changes. So one of the revealing things, and that's uh, the third (laughs) bullet point what you're missing. Reveal what you're missing. Um, We recently debuted two different state planes. Are you okay? Tennessee (laughs) one. Is anyone from Tennessee or Missouri? Well, way to go. We just made two planes for you and no one's here. Um, (laughs) That's great. Um, No, so uh, as part of our... uh, 30 year anniversary with Tennessee. We debuted a plane that has the, the Tennessee pl- uh, flag on it. And we had this huge event, really cool thing, really awesome for the 400 people that got to go in real life. But what do you do with this huge investment we made and, and this really cool aircraft and reveal. And in the past we would, you know, take photos of that. We, we've always created like a time-lapse video and those do really well as we paint the plane. That's a very, uh, a, editable resharing kind of thing, but we've never gotten to make the event itself part of the experience for our customers. So this year was totally different. It's, we've had these, um, for years and years where we've debuted new planes, but no one's gotten to see it, but the elite people who were invited. So, um, Facebook lived that. And it was, it was a really cool experience that our customers have a totally different view of this plane now because thousands of them saw us unveil it. So when you see it out in um, the wild, when you're flying on our, on us, you have a different perspective on what that is. And so that, that's what was really cool for us. Um, we opened a new international terminal in Houston. So we were, we're selling tickets all the time, trying to get people to fly international out of Houston. Um, but if your travel plans don't call for that right now, you may never see that airport. It might be years before you see that new Houston airport. Um, so I was able to periscope from the airport as we opened it. So we have all these festivities there. We have bands playing. We have, you know, it looks the best it'll ever look. It's brand new. Um, and so we got to take people on an experience that they would never experience unless they had a ticket for that day. So that's, I think, what what's so cool for me, um, and what's really changed how we do a lot of social is we've, in the past, we've either planned events for the people that are there or planned portions of the events for people to watch back later. But we've never had to look at an event and think, how is this going to look on a phone right now? And so that's changing how we we plan our events because we have to think, it, it, you can't plan. You can't just hold your phone up and have the same event you planned three years ago, right? You have to be doing things that are unique to uh, translation onto web video. So it's a challenge. It's it's different for us. We're we're learning as we do um, all these all these different broadcasts. We're like, ooh, that was really good, but that does not translate onto a tiny iPhone. We've yeah. got to make that different next time.
0: What's what's the biggest thing you guys take turns, start with Ursula, what's the biggest thing you've learned since before live streaming came around and afterwards and maybe more about your community or your audience than anything? What have you learned about them? Anyone can jump in first, it's fine.
1: I'd say the engagement part of it, everyone has a story to tell and they want to be heard. And I think for us, you'd ask the question earlier about like big reveals and products, and you know, SAP. We're not like an Apple. It's not like people are lining up at the store to buy an SAP product when we when we uh, release them. But the one powerful thing we do is uh, tell customer stories. You have a small business that maybe was. $2 million, or actually there's a great one, Rifle Paper Paper Company. I don't know if anyone's heard of that company. Uh, small Outfit it was a mom and pop, a husband and wife. They started in uh, their a garage apartment, and they started this business. It's paper, and we're in the, you know, analog, Mr. Analog over here, right? Thank you. Thank paper you. is still, you know, I guess <laughs> better than digital. But what they did was they started to grow, and they were using spreadsheets to manage this company that suddenly grew to $20 million. And they started using our products, and they got started to grow. And now they have a hundred people that are working for them, and they're a forty million dollar company. It's a pretty powerful story when you're another small business aspiring to be there. So for us, it's not so much about the product reveal that on this date we are, you know, announcing, you know, an update because no one's going to get excited about that. But what we look at is kind of telling that story, and it evolves as technology evolves. So,
3: yeah. I was going to say that one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, with live streaming, people will want to engage a lot longer with you. You know, if you look at your company's metrics on YouTube and just look at how much time is someone spending time watching one of your videos. And I think like the average time someone spends watching a video is like two minutes, three seconds across the board on YouTube. So two minutes, three seconds is like not very much time, right? Couple that with the fact that we have like attention spans of like eight seconds, right? With live streaming, I'm seeing... We stream usually about 30 minutes a day and I see people staying with us for 20 minutes. So the engagement is, you know, phenomenal. Um, the other thing I'm seeing is that, you know, when we're talking about credit and debt, these are very, very sensitive topics. People want to talk about it. And so we get, we get about 400 to 500 comments every single day through, through a uh, Periscope and it's like fuel for future content. When I leave and when we leave a credit scope, Like, I go back to catch.me to look at all the comments, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things we need to be producing, blog posts, videos, around real questions that are being asked right now. So it, it arms us with so much content. And the second thing, like, we get so many questions, we actually have somebody commenting as experience. So we'll be streaming live. We'll also be in on Periscope commenting back because we get so many questions that can't even be addressed live that we can then comment in the background. It's a research
0: tool for you guys almost.
3: Yeah. And then the third thing we do is that after the episode is over, like I'm always thinking, like, how can we make this live content live longer? So then we create a blog post to summarize kind of the main points, main questions that are asked, embed the uh, video there uh, so anybody can then watch the video after the fact.
1: And I'd say add to that what we're calling it internally is snackable content. We want to create these snackable. It could be a five minute. It could be a 30 second spot. It's snackable content that people can see in whatever platform, whether it's Periscope, whether on Twitter you're announcing a Periscope Facebook Live, and we're finding engagement is a lot higher, and they're sharing that um, as kind of like a trailer, so Mm -hmm. to speak.
2: And I think what's really cool about live streaming in general is just that it it pulls back the curtain and just shows you a unique look at a project um, in our case. And I think that's the rawness of it it caters extremely well to the passion of an engineer crowd. So the engineers and the makers and the hobbyists and the tinkers, they're so passionate and it's so contagious. And that lends itself so well to the Periscope or, you know, meerkats of the world, Facebook lives of the world. So, um, you know, that's where we've, we've really seen, if you focus on something that is contagious or snackable um, it could really do wonders when it comes to social media.
0: I want to know the, oh, go ahead.
4: well, I was just going to say, I think, I think, I think the biggest surprise for us is that people are always interested. There's always someone interested in what you're talking about. If you are really consciously thinking about the story you're telling. So all these people up here have given great examples of subject matter that I know nothing about, but the way they're telling it is, is, is getting the point across to someone who otherwise wouldn't understand it. And I think about like, you know, I'm a huge, anyone watch how it's made on um, Science Channel. My kids do. Yeah, like, all, I am glued to the TV to see how they make a pencil. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, what? That's how pencil's made? Um, but it's the way they tell that story. And so, you know, if if you think, guys, we're going to go, what? we're going to go show them load bags on a plane. <laughs> and, you know, for people I work with, they're like, what? Why? Like, that's not... That happens thousands of times a day, but, um, but we're focusing on the people loading the plane and that makes it a whole different story. Think about like dirty jobs or something dirty jobs. The whole premise of the show is stuff. No one wants to do, but the way they tell that story is they dive down into the people's lives who are doing it and why it's so important to them. It should be important to you. And then all of a sudden you care mm-hmm. about how they clean up manure Sounds And turn delicious. it into fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so If afraid. you want to know afterward, I can tell you the whole process. Because you <laughs> I don't even do yeah. it. <laughs> All
0: right. Before we get into some questions, I want to ask one last question here. Uh, the future of this, because we've seen so many changes. Uh, we'll start with Artie. For you, where, where do you see it going and how do you think that you, you guys can take advantage of that in the, your industry?
2: Well, just how fast that changed, it goes to show that I went on a 10-day 10, 10 cruise. Um, and before I left, Meerkat didn't even exist. I get back on land and Vinny was like right behind Gary Vaynerchuk as far as like <laughs> leaders on Meerkat. And I was like, well, what is this? And honestly, it blew my mind how fast this evolved. Um, but for the future, honestly, I really... I think if I had a bet, I honestly probably would put my eggs in the Facebook Live basket. But needless to say, I think that the upcoming Periscope NFL deal, um, could we're going to probably look back at that and kind of compare it to what American Idol um, did for fan engagement when it taught the audience how to text and to kind of, you know, show their allegiance and kind of keep their own people in the show and to keep coming back for more. Um, I think we're going to look back at what the Periscope and NFL deal, um, I think it's going to be a very similar uh, parallel.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Twitter is going to be broadcasting 10 NFL games this year uh, on, on Twitter. So if you if you want to watch the games, you can actually watch them on Twitter, That Thursday night football games. Uh, you'll get backspersed, behind the scenes access with Periscope as well. So that's the, that's what he's referring to. I could be completely wrong. No, no, you're not. You're, I just want to make, they might not know. <laughs> what about Mike?
3: I'd say, yeah, I mean, these channels are constantly evolving. I mean, <clears throat> we were first Google Plus Hangouts on Air, then Meerkat, Periscope. Now we're also using Blab, and now we have Facebook Live. And then I'm hearing things about Google coming up with its own live streaming app. And so it's like, I think brands need to first focus on their community, because that's all that really matters, Put that, put that content in places where your community is going to be you know, able to access it easily because um, we just don't know where things are headed. Um, I think it's fine to be testing out multiple channels at one time. I think Brian Fanzo does a wonderful job of that where he'll be on Blab, Periscope, and Twitter. I think that's a great pro- approach because you can learn which channel is actually bringing in the most engagement. Um, and then also I think the big thing right now that I'm looking at a year from now is 360 video. Like, you know, right now you can do 360 video. There's great stuff being done on the Facebook 360 page. Uh, also on YouTube, I was thinking about live streaming 360, like what we can do with that. I think that'll be a powerful way to tell stories. And I think it's going
2: to be interesting with the, uh, the device integration. I know it's really a lot of Periscope is peer-to-peer driven, but I do think with integrations between drones and other devices, it's going to be mind-blowing as to, you know, what the future holds.
0: Mm-hmm. We're becoming all immersive.
1: I'd say live video streaming is here to stay. And if you're not looking into it, the train has already left the station. I think you still have time though uh, to figure out for your audience where they are, but um, don't be afraid to try something. You know, it's not traditional marketing, but all the millennials out there are already doing this and uh, they're going to be your buyers, at least for mine, the next five to 10 years. Um, And as Artie was saying, It changes so fast. I mean, last year we weren't doing any live streaming. We were doing tweet chats, which was great. But I think we're all voyeurs. We all like to watch. We all like to engage. And so why not meet your audience by providing them interesting uh, live streaming content?
4: The train's left, but Ursula's there to pull you on board. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think for me, it's always going to change. It's a part of the deal when you are in this world uh, that we we live in. And the apps are always going to be different. But if you know the message that you want to get across and you know, the story that you're telling for your brand really, really well, it can translate into any of these apps applications, any of these venues. Um, and and the, the better, you know, and at Southwest, we know what we're selling. We know our customer stories. We know our employee stories. We know that is what social media is about for us. So when a new application comes along, we sit down, we don't have to think, okay, now what message is gonna go here? We know the message, we're gonna we have to figure out how we're telling it on this channel. So I think that's the most important thing for everybody is just know your brand, know your stories, and figure it out as you go and try a lot of things. Good advice. Well, that's it we have for now.
1: This has been a Vincenzo Landino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.